0: Hello, and you're welcome to the Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent. And this week we're talking about online etiquette, particularly with regard to social media networks and wherever else you hang out online. I'm delighted to be joined uh, on the line by Victoria Turk, who's the features editor for Wired UK and the author of Digital Etiquette, which is very much on point what we're talking about. By the way, for US listeners, it's In the US, it's called Kill Reply All, a modern guide to online etiquette from social media to work to love. Uh, Victoria, you're very, very welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, And by the way, I should mention before we get into it, the New York Times said that Victoria Turk's Kill Reply All is one of the more amusing digital etiquette books you'll read. So that's the paper of record in half the Western world. Um, (laughs) Quite quite a nice uh, compliment there. Um, One of the things that I was talking to you briefly about before we came on air, was the issue of, quote, tweeting. Now, I've Mm -hmm. written stuff about this before. I'm not sure whether you have a view on this. There are a couple of elements to this. I I use Twitter quite a lot, and I've come to notice over the last couple of years a very passive-aggressive thing going on with, quote, tweeting, um, particularly with regard to people you're trying to converse with and who will only speak to you by quote-tweeting your remarks as if you're <laughs> on some sort of a show or broadcasting. A- am I alone being a bit peevish about that?
1: I think you're definitely not alone. I think, you know, it's something that people are increasingly noticing, sort of quote-tweeting being, I guess, misused as the problem. Mm. You know, I think there is a, a legitimate use for the quote-tweet function on Twitter, but, um, you know, when you're using it, specifically to criticize people
0: mm.
1: it takes on sort of a, a, a more of an edge and I think you, you've hit the nail on the head there when you say you know when people use the tweet vote function to kind of have a conversation with you instead of just using the reply to tweet function mm. and it, it's very much sort of what they're doing by doing that instead of replying directly to you they're replying very publicly mm. and sort of almost airing your dirty laundry you know i mean obviously if you're if you're engaging in a twitter thread it's it is public anyway it's you know it's not a dm it's not private but there's something very almost like exhibitionist i guess about choosing to use the quote reply to like push that right to all of your followers and kind of get an audience going
0: yeah and there's quite a i i would feel there's quite a lot of vanity and ego wrapped up in that i mean you did like pseudo trolls like Piers Morgan, which I'm allowed to say, I think, legally, I think he wouldn't mind. Uh, I've interviewed him before. I'm sure he wouldn't mind if I said that. When he's, you know, interacting with whoever will argue with him, basically, he will always um, quote to him, in terms of an online etiquette perspective and in terms of manners, which would you perceive to be the better practice or the less offensive practice if you're going to slag somebody off and you're going to quote tweet them or you you want (laughs) you, you want to do that which is worse um actually quote tweeting them so that you you can see it if you're being quote tweeted or taking a screenshot or a snapshot and tweeting that as a quote tweet
1: well, you know, I mean if you're talking about good etiquette, slagging mm. someone off full stop usually doesn't fall within that bracket.
0: No, no, <laughs> no, you're I right. Say, of
1: course. Between those two options, I do actually think that quote tweet quote tweeting is probably the better option mm. because if you're taking a screenshot, then the person who has um you know made that tweet in the first place is not necessarily going to be aware that you've then commented on it. Mm. So it you're kind of you're both Broadcasting your criticism very publicly by pushing it out as a quote tweet... Uh, well, well, as a, as a tweet with the, with the screenshot, but you're not giving that person the opportunity to sort of defend themselves or mm. see what you've done. Um, now, obviously, there's always going to be exceptions, right? So mm-hmm. I think if it's a tweet that from a person who, you know, um, could kind of set a bunch of trolls on you if mm-hmm. they see you criticizing them or something like that, maybe there could be justification for choosing to do a screenshot instead and to not notify them to make that decision because of that reason. Um, But then you also have to ask yourself, you know, why am I pushing this tweet out there if I so vehemently disagree with it? You know, there is this issue of giving uh, people kind of more of a platform, even though you are trying to do the opposite by, you know, disagreeing with their view, and I think you also have to take that into account. And um, so, there's lots of sort of nuances that come into this debate, really.
0: Oh, I, I think you're you've hit the nail on the head, absolutely there. And I, I've even heard it kind of argued by people who are screenshotting other people. And by the way, listen, I know this sounds like a very, very kind of uh, in-platform podcast conversation we're having here. But I I think the principles here could be applied more widely. But I'll just continue the point I was going to make that some who do screenshot will argue that by screenshotting it and not actually quote tweeting the live tweet, they are somewhat limiting the platform or the the, the follow-through that a casual reader might have access to. Because if they if they click or tap on the picture, they just get the picture. Whereas if they click or tap on the tweet, they then may go into that person's Twitter stream and maybe they'll see more of the content. And that's not necessarily what you wanted in the first place, but then it goes back to your original point. Well, if that was your aim, you didn't want to give them publicity. Why on earth are you doing it in the first place? Yeah, Um, definitely. Do you know there was a very good, sorry, go on.
1: Yeah I think maybe you know one of the kind of fundamental questions you should ask yourself when you're looking to publicly criticize someone you know there are legitimate circumstances where you may want to do that right Mm. if you if there's um, kind of a view going around your thread that you disagree with and you think that you have a valuable alternative perspective that may actually be useful for other people Mm. to hear yes of course you could do that if you um, have an opinion on a, a piece of creative work a film a book or whatever you know there's criticism is a vibrant part of the arts community that's fine but I think you need to kind of think a little bit about you know what am I aiming to achieve from this am I do I think that I am really genuinely contributing something useful to this conversation or am I doing this mainly to try and kind of get attention. Um, And I think, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to fall into that trap of saying like, oh, everyone on social media is just looking for attention. That's part of being human. I don't think there's necessarily much wrong with that. Mm. But I think, you know, maybe just be a little bit honest with yourself about what you expect to get from this and then make that decision, you know, being well informed about your own intentions. Cause it can be easy just to, in this, in, you know, the kind of excitement of the moment to kind of just do things and it's so easy on social media to post things in a second without even interrogating your own um, kind of (laughs) reasons for doing that.
0: I mean, this is an awkward paradox that I personally have wrestled with for many years. I've tried to stop over the last few years getting to any kind of significant argument online and, and certainly not just past remarking on on issues for, for kind of for that reason because I sort of became aware at a certain point that there would, must have been some part of my psyche that was doing this for the thrill of doing it or maybe for the attention or maybe to connect to an audience. I mean, one of the more noble...
1: I mean, I don't think that's wrong. Mm,
0: well, well, what are the more noble uh, rationales that someone might have for either quote tweeting or getting into it uh, online is they may say uh, genuinely that they are sincere people they're sincere maybe activists and maybe they're disturbed or horrified or uh, or otherwise by the threat of something that's ugly in front of them and that maybe they want they genuinely want to to try and be part of the solution rather than the problem but it's sometimes hard to know where the line is between that is and I want to identify with this group and I want to see, I want them to see that I identify with them. And even by me doing that, even if it doesn't actually right the wrong or be part of the solution, it is still sort of for the greater good. Do you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a really tough one. And it's so context dependent on what you're actually tweeting, you know. Mm. Um, so it is a really difficult one. And, you know, I'm, I've got nothing against people um, tweeting to try and get more followers or try and get more likes. I mean, we, that's what we're all on Twitter for, right? Mm. You know, every time I tweet, I want people to read it. I well, want people to I like it. I mean, God, it.
0: we're journalists for um, God's sake. I mean, this is, this is part <laughs> exactly. of the paradox of our own business anyway.
1: But if you're specifically, you know, kind of retweeting things that you really disagree with into your followers feeds, Mm. you know, there is a bit of a sort of cost benefit analysis, I guess, that you have to do is like, you know, do I really need to give to push this person's views out? Mm. Do any of my followers realistically um, think that I would hold any different view anyway? You know, is, is this actually gaining anything to say that I disagree with this completely abhorrent tweet that everyone would presumably assume that I would disagree with anyway um mm. yeah it's it's difficult and you know actually a related twen- trend which I've noticed recently which um really annoys me is sort of the opposite where people will tweet something like can't believe everyone is tweeting this thing uh, mm. don't give them a platform or something like that oh. which I understand is what I've what I've exactly said right now, but I, I almost feel like that's sort of just as annoying. Of mm. you know, it's sort of someone saying like, "Look, I'm so much better than everyone else on here."
0: Oh god! Uh, but
1: I but I still want you know I want recognition for that. I'm yeah, not saying that to myself.
0: A hundred percent. Actually, do you know what I f- I'd find this? And I'll be careful what I say here, but um, I find that when somebody. Say either in the industry or not in the industry, someone who someone who's very well known passes away, and let's say they're a beloved, for example, and let's say um, you know they were popular or they were a giant or or whatever, there <laughs> are enormous number of people, and we in journal we journalists are sometimes the worst for this. Who we will we'll go online immediately and say I'm devastated to hear about this, which would probably be true, but then immediately link to an interview we did with them seven months ago or something else that, that oh, oh, that, oh, by the way, sort of injects us into the story a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah, I guess there's a level of tact, isn't there? And again, it, it depends on the situation, you know? Um, so it's really hard to come up with these sort of... Um, Overarching rules for this sort of thing, um, and I guess that's the same as etiquette as a whole. You know, so much of it is 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 context dependent and is kind of like basically trying to read the room, which unfortunately online is very difficult to do.
0: It is. I, I'm going to ask you specifically about that in one second. Just before we leave the the quote tweeting thing, there was a thread that I did see on Twitter. I think it was from last August. It it struck a chord with me. This was. It read as a. It was very caustic. It was very world-weary as well, maybe a little defeated, but it was from uh, a Twitter account called Megan Cubed. I'm not sure what her real name is. I'm not sure if you do know know what her real name is, but it got a lot of retweets. But this is, if you forgive me, 20 seconds to read it out. She said, social media doesn't work the way you think it does. It's a marketing platform. Those horrible people you keep responding to, quote-tweeting and dunking on every hour, You're engaging with and sharing their content, which tells the algorithm that their content is now worth promoting. Dunking isn't taking a stand. It's more marketing. And you can't do marketing for Nazis on an hourly basis than stand around acting shocked that the Nazis are still on the platform. The Nazis are profitable because of how we're trained to engage with them. And then she goes on, It it sort of degenerates into, so keep dunking, whatever, just post tweet after tweet of an inane, pithy commentary to get your rocks off. It it doesn't matter, but don't act like you're helping anybody. Now there is, you can hear that there's a massive level of disappointment in that person's uh, thread there, but she does have a point, doesn't she?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's definitely a truth to that idea that, you know, on social media engagement is valuable and it doesn't necessarily matter if that engagement is positive or negative and that's not necessarily reflected in, mm. you know, kind of the raw numbers, I guess, um, and, and the data and how that's portrayed. Um, but I would be wary of, again, drawing these kind of um, general rules because you don't want to go too far the opposite way mm. and kind of shut down discussion. You, you know, you don't want to overly police individual's ability Mm. to to um communicate or engage in debate and things so yeah again you know it's it, it is so nuanced and it's hard to kind of tread that line um and i think you know, we all have to kind of also recognise that we are all human. We're all fallible. We all make mistakes. And I think sometimes we do kind of jump on things a little bit too quickly when we disagree with with mm. something someone's posted, rather than seeing that as sort of one small action in in sort of a a, a lifetime <laughs> of social media usage.
0: I, um, yeah, I think that's a very fair uh, point. I don't think there's there's many who who disagree with that. From that kind of dark perspective, something a little bit lighter. Um, as I said earlier uh, in the in the podcast, you have written a book um, called Digital Etiquette, or in the states, it's called Kill Reply All, and that is about digital etiquette, right? Indeed. <laughs> and um, you now something happened to me the other day. I, I, this is the second time I've uh, referred to people dying in the last five minutes, but somebody died um, that I knew, and there were a lot of Facebook messages the person's um, relative posted that they died. And there was no emoticon that seemed really appropriate because some people liked it, and so the thumbs up just didn't look great. Some people put the crying emoji, and that seemed to sort of look a bit trivial or something. It almost looked a bit childish. Um, Is this this a thing that... uh, there's any wise counsel on?
1: That's a really difficult one because obviously it's such a a personal and emotional experience Mm. to lose someone that you know. And I think, you know, I would say emoji is not for best way to communicate your emotions in that situation emoji are not a good way in general of communicating complex emotions where they could be easily misinterpreted Mm. by other people Um, likewise though you know I think none of us really know what to say in that situation so I can Mm. see why people might take that route you know you mentioned the like button Although, obviously, it looks a bit strange in that context, it has taken on all these different meanings mm. um, beyond just, you know, I like this, which obviously I don't think anyone would mean when they're using it in that mm. context. Um, and, you know, it's so difficult. You can't tell people how to grieve because that's such a, a personal, individual experience. Mm. Um, I mean, I think if, I, if I'm in that situation, my kind of initial reaction, I suppose, if I knew the person well enough if I knew their family would be to take it private and maybe send a personal message and not Mm. necessarily expect a response obviously Mm. um because it's a very difficult time but to to try and um you know maybe just take it away from public social media
0: that's actually really Um, good advice that's really good advice um to just send them a personal message to not expect to reply and to to, to not be asking a question, but just to let them know that you're thinking of them and that uh, and that it is acknowledged. They have chosen to acknowledge it publicly, so you're choosing to acknowledge it without any pressure on them.
1: Exactly. I think that would be my preferred way to deal with that. Um, mm. And, you know, I think it's so tough, isn't it? I guess in in a way that would be my way of bringing the old analog ways into the digital world, you know, in the past if you heard about uh, uh, someone passing away, you would maybe send a card to mm. the family, mm. you know, expressing your condolences. Mm. And so I suppose it's it's sort of just taking the methods that we've used for mm. decades and, and bringing it into the modern world.
0: Well, in, in Ireland, if we were to take the analogue offline methods onto online, there'd be a lot of alcohol involved, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, our funerals uh, and wakes are, tend to be long um, wet, uh, affairs. Um, be, be, before I let you go, um, Victoria, um, is there anything else that you think is, is important that, that, that you, that when you're writing this book, what was it that actually, was there any central theme that you, you kept, you know, that kept, that seemed to be important?
1: Gosh, um, that's a tough one. I mean, I think, in general, it does just all, co- although these tools are very new, you know, digital tools, social media, it's new and it's constantly evolving, not only the technology itself, but also our kind of social mores around how we use them. It does all just come back to that sort of initial heart of good etiquette, which is essentially thinking of other people and putting their feelings first, you know, so just taking that moment to think am I doing this for the right reasons? What is the response going to be? Am I thinking of other people? Mm. And you can't go too far wrong within that. Um, And I think just having that understanding as well that, you know, we haven't figured all this out yet. And people have different kind of norms when it comes to different platforms, and maybe try not to judge each other too much if we disagree with how they're using things.
0: Okay, look, um, it was a pleasure to, ha- to have you on Thank you very much uh, for coming on uh, the, uh, the podcast And the very best to look, uh, look with your book That was Victoria Turk Whose book, Digital Etiquette, is currently on sale Or in the States, it's called Kill Reply All And that is all we have time for this week, folks For me, Adrian Weckler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent I'll talk to you next week, bye-bye